This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss here with Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don. And last we talked, Dalton... You were planning to make a substantial wager on the Patriots minus three at Denver. Did you ever uh, follow through with that? I did, unfortunately. I, <laughs> I, um, I did. Um, and you uh, wanted a little piece of the action, and I, and I couldn't come through for you at first. And then I, um, I texted you the night before. I said, you know, I threw on another. The juice was minus 125, so I threw on another minus 125 to get you 100. And you never responded. So I just, I, I assumed that extra bet myself. You didn't tell me that you assumed it. I, I just saw a text that says, first you said no. And then like, you know, the night before, whenever you said something like you can have it at minus 125. And I thought about it. And then uh, I just uh, got it elsewhere uh, at minus 110. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a guy going personally in Las Vegas. So I couldn't, you know, I had to, you know, he was there. So I had right. to have, have it done, you know? So, so he, so I just said, yeah, Liz will probably take that. If not, <laughs> if, if not, I'll just take more on my already sizable <laughs> bet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was just, I woke up Sunday morning and I'm like, this just seems too obvious. So I, I can't say I was totally shocked. I will say that that, I just realized that Denver the week before knocked out my, um, my 25 to one Steelers, uh, long-term bet. So, Back to, in the span of eight days, Denver cost me uh, quite quite a bit of money. Yeah, you know, the, the Patriots were the better team, uh, and I'm just really I don't really care about the Super Bowl. Like I almost don't want to watch. Of course I will, but I don't. I just not really that interested in seeing the Broncos in the Super Bowl right now. And I would have been interested in the Patriots. It would have been uh, you know arguably the two best teams, assuming New England were closer to full strength and and it would have been you know I think a good game. I mean New England. Uh, Brady would have been going for his fifth Super Bowl, and Terry Bradshaw has four, Montana has four, nobody has five. So you know, and I'm, I'm a not a huge Brady fan, but between Manning and Brady, you know, give me Brady any day. So it was a little disappointing, and you know, I lo- I did manage to uh, lose about I think two hundred seventy dollars on the Patriots and foolishly the Cardinals, which I didn't even feel strongly about. But then, you know, I had to I had some action. I was chasing a little bit, and I talked oh, myself no. into it. Oh, I, I did the same thing, I, and I'm like, I need a big score, so I'm going uh, Arizona money line, just because you know, I wanted some, <laughs> odds. I wanted some odds. I, not that I felt strongly about that whatsoever, but um, yeah, I mean, you can't watch an NFC Championship game without something on the line, and I just lost. So, so yeah, I, I didn't exactly double up, but let's just say it was uh, not the greatest day. And that game, 
at least I got entertainment value with the first one, you know, the three and a half hours. The the Cardinal one was just horrible. Well, how much did you lose? Like fifteen hundred total? No, not that much. Not that much. I thought you were betting a thousand. God, you are such a coward. <laughs> Um, I, it was, it was not that much, no, but it wasn't, in well, it was like seven, 800 bucks total. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. I lost like, I think two seventy, and it was, I had bets with there. I just bet with everybody. Like I bet with pain. I bet with Pina. I bet with Schuler. I was just, you know, PayPal and money all over the place, uh, Sunday night. It, you know, it was just, it was disappointing that new England, I have to say that last drive was really exciting. It was fourth and 10 and that then pass. amazing pass to Gronk. And then it was fourth down again. And Brady kind of, you know, stepped around in the pocket and made a tough throw and got the touchdown. And then, you know, they still needed a two-point conversion. They still needed to win in overtime. I mean, there were so many obstacles that they had to overcome. The uh, The play call on for the two-point conversion was just terrible. And See, there was, it had no hope. I, I think, like, it really – this where it really hurt that they didn't have a running back, even LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, it wasn't – running was not even a consideration. And right. with two yards to go, like, running, you know, if we were the Panthers in that situation, Newton would just take it. Yeah, the weird thing, um, yeah, Brady's great at sneaks, but not not a full two yards. Um, but actually, th- that play call, I hear you that it was bizarre, but it kind of, to me, seemed like the play that should have perfectly worked. Like, Denver absolutely loaded the box. Right. They were able to, to to stop the blitz for just enough time and then throwing across the entire field. Well, not across the entire, but, you know, the other, the opposite way. Look where all the action was. And it, the defender just made a great play. I, I expected that guy to be wide open, frankly. Well, they did it on fourth down uh, a couple drives before that where they called a, you know, they kind of faked one way and then tossed it up in the air to, I think it was Edelman, and he caught it, but he just got tackled right away and he didn't get the first right. down. Right, yeah. No, I am, um, and of course a million things, different things can happen and all that, but it is, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't like losing on injustices, you know, a bad call here or something there, but I must say it's a little frustrating if, if we did lose because of uh, Gostowski's, what, first missed extra point of the season. I mean, that, that really did play It wasn't his first extra point of the season. It was his first in 524 right. tries. Right, right. That's like 10 years, okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, that was crazy. Now, obviously, it's harder this year. But, um, yeah, it was, you know, it was the Patriots should have won. They were the better team. But it wasn't, like, ridiculous. It wasn't like they oh, got no. ripped off or anything. No, you know, Denver was, had a great game plan. I mean, Wade Phillips, I mean, they, they, they played, I mean, terrific defense. Uh, they believe they blitzed on the fewest percentage of uh, snaps all season long. And Brady took the most hits any quarterback has in a game in a decade. Well, it's pretty I mean, easy to come up with a good game plan when you never blitz and get the most hits on a QB <laughs> in the season. I mean, if you just knew nothing else about a game and you said – this team blitzes the least amount they have all season and yet set the season high of any team hitting a quarterback, you'd be pretty sure that that team would win and probably by more than two points. More than two. More than two, yes. So yeah. Yeah. I, I will give, you know, I hate Kubiak and I hate Peyton, but I will give them credit. On third down, on the penultimate drive, they actually tried to throw for a first down and it was easily broken up, but it was just, I was like, you know, if you're, Back in the Patriots, you wanted them to just run the clock, get it down t- near the term- two-minute warning, and punt. Uh, and they didn't. They said, you know, we're not going to just go to run out the clock. If we get a first down, it's basically game over, so let's try to do this. And I just thought that was a great, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's obvious to me, but most coaches, they just try to burn the clock. So I thought that was good. Belichick using his timeouts before the two-minute warning. Everything yep. kind of went right. I mean, it was. I thought the, la- the game was kind of crappy for a while, but I thought the last six minutes were pretty high quality. Yeah, for sure. Do you realize that uh, Tom Brady entered this game having thrown three times as many touchdown passes as Peyton Manning in Denver this season? I know it's crazy. He had one. Tu- he had one touchdown yeah. pass, right? One oh, yeah. touchdown, eight 
interceptions at home, including the playoffs, entering that game. And Brady Brady went three touchdowns, zero picks in his lone game in Denver. Yeah. I mean, I still think they should use Osweiler. It will never happen. But if I were Gary Kubiak, if suddenly he were fired and they hired me, I'd be like, all right, I'm naming our starting QB for the Super Bowl. It's Osweiler. Yeah, that, that would be hilarious. He can't get the ball down the field. And really, they, their offense did nothing in the second half. I mean, they did nothing. And one of the touchdowns was set up by, um, you know, a Brady pick. So it was really, you know, the offenses didn't do much. Denver's D is really good. Here's the question for me in the Super Bowl. Is Denver's D elite, like, one of the top five defense in the last ten years? Or are they just the best defense or one of the top two or three defenses this year? Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll probably find out. But the other thing is that maybe it is, it could it could be one of the five best in the past decade, and they could still lose with that offense. I mean, it's uh, well, that offense. Lose, but but the, the best defense never, almost like always covers a spread and usually wins outright. Like the, the really elite defenses. And I went through this two years ago when the Seahawks and Broncos were, were playing, and that line was Denver uh, minus three on a neutral field. Mm-hmm. This one's Carolina minus four and a half. It's not that different, right? Three to four and a half. I mean, it's significant, but it's not huge. And I was I went through all the precedents, and and, and every single one of them was like any time an elite all time D played in the Super Bowl, no matter what the offense looked like, that team either won, blew out the other team, or at least kept it very close. And yeah. so I you know I want to fade Peyton Manning. I hate Denver. I've been killed all year fading Carolina. They've beaten me every time. Um, I like Cam Newton. I actually like the Panthers. I like their team. I like. Um, Riverboat Ron, I think he's a good coach. I respect him. But if I decide, and I haven't decided yet, that Denver is not merely a very good D this year, but one of the top defenses in the last decade, I'm going to take the points. Yeah, so I, I guess the spread would be seven before looking. What Did you do that? Uh, I thought it would be about six and a half, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I guess seven or seven and a half. And then it's, yeah, it sounds like it's settling around at four and a half. I think it's moved a little here and there, but it looks to me like it's mostly settling around there. And I'm, I'm going to, uh, it's funny, I've faded Carolina all year. So that it'll be fitting when I make, a, again, a sizable bet because it's a Super Bowl. I'm going to Reno Friday. So um, that's when they will, of course, lose. They were, they were the best team against the spread this year. I guess that's not surprising since they're, what, 17 and 17 and one um, overall. Um, but I, I, I like the Panthers. I just don't don't see how this this Denver offense is just so bad. But I mean, you, you laid it out there. Maybe it's truly elite uh, defense will be all that matters. And it still is crazy what Cam does with those with probably the worst receiving core in the NFL. But um, I, I'm sticking with my my theory that this this Denver offense is broken and, and just absolutely terrible. And I'm going to lay the points. Yeah, I also don't respect Denver's offensive coaching, and I just don't think Peyton can uh, you know make the safeties leave the line of scrimmage and it makes it very hard to play. The only thing I could see is CJ Anderson. Who's very good. I don't know. And they stick yeah. with Hillman, which is just crazy, but CJ Anderson's very good. And I could see him gashing a few big runs and getting into a rhythm and running on them. And, you know, Peyton, you know, they really need Demarius Thomas to hang on to the goddamn ball. I mean, that guy, it's, it's like embarrassing at this point. It started last year. He had a bunch of drops and it's just, you just can't throw the ball to him, but if he can get the ball, he's, you know, really big and really fast, and they used to get a lot done on the screen passes. It's harder now that they can't beat anyone over the top, but I don't know. I I don't think they're good, but Carolina's D is kind of weird. They've given up a lot of points to the Giants, yeah. a lot of points to Green Bay when Green Bay couldn't score on anybody. They, um, you know, they, they let a lot of teams come back. So Seattle came back in the second half. So I, 
you know, Seattle had a pretty good offense, but I could see Denver scoring like seven, you know, 17 or, you know, 16. And that might be enough if their D is truly elite. That's the question. Right. One, one thing I'll say about that's seemingly underrated for, for Carolina is their offensive line. I mean, Cam Newton deserves a ton of credit. Don't get me wrong, but he is almost always dealing with a clean pocket. At least it appears to me. I mean, it's so that could be interesting to see that. That offensive line versus you know what Denver was able to do without even sending the blitz. So that 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 right there is probably going to be if there is one key matchup, I would say it's it's Carolina's offensive line versus Denver's front seven. Whoever wins that battle is going to win. But at the same time, you know Denver's secondary is going to be able to shut down those receivers. Like th- those guys are not that good. I mean, Ginn is fast. Cam is going to make some plays. He's going to scramble around. He's going to run. He's going to make plays. But you know, you can't have like, the second most drops in the NFL this season. Who did Ginn? Yeah, and he barely was targeted. Right. Compared, you know, the other guys, Amari Cooper well, and Mike Evans, they, they saw a million targets. I'm surprised Demarius Thomas isn't there, but uh, on a list, I'm sure he's in the top five. But uh, the thing about Ginn, too, it wasn't just drops. It was like 55-yard drops. Right. You, right. Know, you drop an eight-yard pass, okay, go back to the huddle. But you drop a 55-yard touchdown, it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to be contra- – I don't want to take Denver – I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I'm not going to enjoy the game when they get blown out like just, I just took Arizona. But also, don't you think it's better to bet against the team that rolls? You remember the Bills and the Giants in 1990? The, the, I don't know if you were alive then, but the uh, <laughs> Raiders, the Bills had just beat the Raiders 51-3 to in the AFC title game. And the Giants upset the Niners. I'm sure you remember that when you were like two uh, in San Francisco. I watched but, both those games okay. very intently. But yeah. it, was a very, you know, it was a very tight game. But the Niners were the two-time Super Bowl champs, so it wasn't like, you know, it, it wasn't like that was insignificant. I mean, they were thirteen and three, and they went in and they beat the Niners, and the line the Bills were yeah, favored by a decent amount, and it's just the elite defense beat this team that was so good. I mean, it was, it was before the Bills before the shine had worn off their star, and they'd lost a bunch. This is their first Super Bowl. Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, those guys were all Hall of Famers in their very peak. Before they got, you know, cut down to size by all the Super Bowl losses. Wasn't that Bill Belichick-led defense? It was a Bill Belichick-led defense. That's correct. And they overcame a safety, too. They overcame a safety. They, um, it was ugly. Backup quarterback. <laughs> back yeah, their, back- their backup quarterback. But their D, and the Bills' D had, like, Bruce Smith and Cornelius Bennett and Shane Conlon, the, all these pro bowlers. Uh, it wasn't like the D was soft either. They won 51-3 to against the 12-4 and Oakland Raiders. In right, the championship right. game, they didn't play like some nine and seventeen that got through. They played the number two seed and beat them fifty-one to three. And then the Giants, everyone's like, it was a tough game, but they, and you just don't mess with those elite defenses. And you know, those two Patriots Super Bowls, the Giants clearly the Patriots had the better offense. The Giants' defense wasn't good all year, but in the playoffs they were very good both times. The Seahawks, when they just destroyed the Broncos, had an elite defense. The Tampa Bay Bucks destroyed the Raiders. The Raiders had the, the best offense in the league. Rich Gannon was the MVP, highest-scoring team in the league, got destroyed by Tampa. Obviously, the Ravens destroyed the Giants in 2000. The first time I ever saw it, and it shocked me, was when uh, the Dolphins and the Niners were in the Super Bowl in the Marino year in 1984. It was Marino versus Montana, but uh, San Francisco, and you definitely don't remember this, but the Niners had like four Pro Bowl corners. They had, like, Ronnie Lott and a bunch of other guys. I can't remember. Dwight Hicks, maybe. A few guys all going to the Pro Bowl. And Miami had a crap defense, but, you know, by, you know they had the best offense. Marino set every record imaginable. They were 14-2. and two. San Francisco's 15-1. and one. And every, it was, like, the greatest Super Bowl anticipation ever. Because I remember being a kid, I was like, this is, like, the sickest game ever. It's, like, the, the perennial star amazing team. The Niners were 15-1 and one versus a 14-2 and two team that their offense was unstoppable. 
and the Niners just smoked them. It wasn't even close. And yeah, it's just, I think they had to move it to like Stanford or something, but that was essentially the only time it's been a home team in a Super Bowl too. Oh, maybe that. I didn't even realize that. But I just remember just being so shocked that the better defensive team just easily won. And so many Super Bowls have been like that. Even the, the greatest show on turf ran into the Tennessee Titans, who were like only made it out of the wild card round due to the Music City Miracle. And they barely lost. It was, 20, it was 24-17 or whatever. And, and you know, They're a yard Ken, away. Kevin Dyson away. is like on the, you know, a yard away. Right. And the Tennessee had a tough D. There's just so many um, examples of it. And usually it has to be an elite D. You know, Tennessee probably didn't have an elite D. But they were pretty good those seasons, like 99, 2000. They were almost as good as the Ravens the following year, their defense. So, actually, I think the Titans' defense was, like, better in the regular season than that Ravens' defense. They were, like, ridiculous. Both those defenses were so good. So yeah, you, even the Bucks, the Bucks versus the Raiders. Yeah. Raiders favored in that, and they were rolling over teams to get there. Yeah, as I said, Rich Gannon was the MVP, and they they led the league in points. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, just, I hear you. It probably won't ultimately matter, but I hear you as far as not wanting to back the team that just rolled so easily in the championship game. If if for no other reason that I feel like that might you know influence the betting public, and I never like to be cited with the uh, with the uh, you know what what most people are I mean, doing. So the public so I hear has you. to be on Carolina. Unless the public's so stupid, they're like, oh, Peyton Manning's getting points. I'm taking Peyton Manning. Unless they're that stupid, which I don't think they are. Um, I think, obviously, the public's on Carolina. They've got to be. That's what I think, too. Yeah, I mean, it's Cam Newton's year. I mean, the guy's smiled everywhere. I mean, he's going to win MVP. I mean, he's getting marketed heavily. So uh, I would expect the public to be on Carolina, and I think I'm just going to be a lemming and join them, though. Yeah, I'm undecided. I mean, Carolina has been the better team all year, and they've exceeded their – advanced stats you know the advanced stats uh now have carolina probably is the best team in the nfl but during the entire season they were like the fourth or fifth best team and they kept exceeding their performance just like the falcons kept um not matching up to their advanced stat performance the uh the panthers kept exceeding it and i think that there are some things that the advanced stats capture and some things they leave out and if particular teams are really good at the things they leave out then maybe you have to give them a little boost above and beyond what the typical you know, yards per play and whatever other advanced stats that go into figuring out typically how good a team is. Yeah, let's talk briefly about the NFC uh, championship game. That that actually wasn't totally out of control. At one point, it was 17-7, to 7 and Arizona was getting a punt. And I was kind of getting into it, and then he muffs the punt and the fumble, and then it's just the floodgates open. And what what is – is it just as simple as the finger, or, or what's going on with, with Carson Palmer? I mean, he was truly, like, epically horrendous in, throughout both games of the playoffs. I mean, he, he committed six turnovers – this weekend, he had a lot. I don't know. I, I kind of was drinking a lot of beer, and I, I think just it was stopped. Four, really. four I stopped picks. caring. I think it was uh, four picks and two two lost fumbles. Well, there was one. Okay, so uh, there was one time. There was one point where Patrick Peterson picks Cam Newton, and it was like seventeen seven or maybe it was twenty four seven at that point. And Patrick Peterson picks Cam Newton, runs eighty yards. Head again, finally runs him down at the twenty. And First down from the twenty. You can get it to twenty four fourteen at the half. You're good. It's twenty four fourteen. I'm getting three. Hey, touchdown, you know, you're, 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 you're pushing right there. You know, we're good. It's no big deal. You can come back. Carolina always lets people back in the game. And on first down, he throws a pick in the end zone. On first he threw, down. He threw a pick on first and goal against the Packers. Right. He did that too. But it's just like, dude, if, if we're third down, I still would be bad. You want to get the field goal there. But at least, like, you're only giving up three points. But you don't just give away on first down. It's atrocious. It's yeah. terrible. I don't know. You know, and they're, they're – they're match fixing in tennis. You know, maybe someone got to him. Yeah, right. You know, you know, he didn't because he wouldn't be that obvious about it if he did. Right. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. And he wouldn't keep doing it. You know, I mean, 
Keekley got a second straight touchdown. If you, if you have an IDP playoff league, I guess that was the guy to get. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, those dominant receivers just totally, yeah, I don't know. Palmer, maybe it was just that finger is that bad, but something. I guess it was his first ever road playoff start, which is pretty I crazy mean, for whatever, 36. You know, I mean, I they were set, you said they were 7-1 on the road. That that I wish you hadn't told me that because that got me betting more money later in the day. <laughs> ah, they're 7-1 on the road. They're fine on the road. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. It was just – they just didn't show up. I mean, it, I, I keep – this is this what happened with the Ravens the year they won the Super Bowl. I kept not giving them credit. You know, it was like, okay, well, Seattle didn't show up till the second half. Their body clock was off. I'm not going to give them that much credit. And, you know, Palmer played horrible. He played horrible against Green Bay. That was not – you know, obviously they were going to win when Palmer just giving away the game like that. So every time I keep, you know, finding a reason that Carolina's win isn't that legit, and then I'm going to bet Denver, and they're going to blow out Denver too. And then, you know, Peyton will throw three picks. And then – you know, where that leave me? I'll just leave me $500 poorer. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can have an excuse about it, but it's, that's not going to change anything. I hope you're right. Cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go, go Panthers. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I got to think about it. I, 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 you know, obviously I don't have to write it up till next week and I'm going to take time. I really just hope Peyton does not win another Super Bowl, though. I just, he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> he does not deserve it. Well, it is funny if he, if he, you know, first of all, everyone wrote them off as even the one seed. I'm, I'm including myself, like in fantasy, uh, you know, playoff drafts, like Denver would go, they were like the sixth team where yeah. players go off the board. And uh, so it's, it is just, well, I'm remember Roethlisberger got hurt and Antonio Brown was out during right. the, uh, you know, during the, the playoff game. I mean, Pittsburgh probably wins that game with Antonio Brown and a healthy oh, believe me, I'm well aware. Our four string running back lost a fumble, even without Antonio Brown and, and big Ben with ligaments torn. They still nearly won. Right. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, you can't really ding yourself for not for thinking, you know, Denver may lose his first round matchup because they probably should have, and they probably should have lost to new England too. You know, it's, this is not a very, it's not a very convincing I'm, trip to I'm, the Super Bowl. Right. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's funny that the time everyone writes, writes off the Peyton Manning led team is the time that they actually do come through. And this is, uh, you know, physically at his worst point of his career. And he might win a, 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 a Super Bowl right. because, of because defense. I mean, it's crazy. The craziest thing about this is okay, let's look at the money line for a second because I think this is the really funny thing is according to Vegas, okay, the line is basically minus 200 now, right? And that's basically one third versus two thirds, okay? There is a one-third chance that Peyton Manning is the Super Bowl champion quarterback this year. There's a yeah. 33% chance. That is a significant possibility that that happens. And if you don't agree with that, you go down to Vegas and just bet all your money on the Panthers because you can and lay two to one. You can. I yeah, wouldn't do still, it. This is a player that after missing like five weeks uh, had still led the NFL in interceptions. Right. And he had one touchdown at home. Yeah. <laughs> just crazy. Luckily, this game's on a neutral field. Right. It's just, it's just crazy. And I mean, I don't know. I just don't, he's going to get this ring and everyone's going to be like, Oh, Peyton's the greatest, greatest of all time. He's going to make like one throw on like third and two. (laughs) He's going to make like a four yard throw and everyone's going to be like, he's the greatest. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be really disgusting. That wide receiver screen to Thomas and he'll take it to the house. He'll throw it for four yards and he'll run it for 80. Something bad will happen. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. So it's going to be, this is like, you know, it's going to be very uh, narrative driven this next two weeks. It always is, but it's going to be Peyton going for the Super Bowl. And you're just going to forget everything that happened by the end of two weeks. You know, I really want to go. I've never been to a Super Bowl. And this one, you know, it's in my backyard. um, So I don't have to deal with the, 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 you know, like a flight and hotel. Those Super Bowl cities are obviously marked up. But even in a matchup that to me doesn't seem that that enticing, um, it's uh, it's breaking records. It's the highest um, 
average ticket right now, I thought I was going to spend like maybe two grand to get okay seats for one ticket. That's more like it's six grand for, for just an av- the average price of tickets. It's pretty, pretty crazy. I guess it's a, it's a rich area, Santa Clara, but man, that's out of control. Yeah, I mean, had you won some of your bets this playoffs, right, maybe you'd right. you know, be more inclined to part with the money. Just, just By the, the way. Fitting playoffs for me after the whole year we've had gambling. I mean, staff picks, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I have one win in the playoffs. It's just absolutely I, bad. I think it was the first game. I'm dominating I, with two. I, just embarrassing. It's, Go ahead. It's been bad. Well, okay, two things. One is the Super Bowl is not for fans. The Super Bowl is for, like, corporate BS. That's why, you know, it's, it's not really – it's just a corporate thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a showcase for people to give away tickets and – you know, contests and treat their, you know, VIP clients and stuff. That's all it's for. It's not really, it's not a legitimate fan event. I would never go. Even the Giants were in it. I mean, I honestly don't see any reason to go. A friend of mine went a couple of years ago and was just like, it sucked. You know, there's all these stoppages for commercials. And I mean, you're just like, everyone's just standing around most of the time. I have no interest in it. Like, I, I wouldn't really want to go. If, if, I w- if someone gave me a free ticket and it were, you know, in LA, I'd probably go. That's about it. Yeah, I just wanted, like I said, just to, the, the experience, but I'm probably going to sit this one out. I mean, watching football just in general, you know, in front of your 80-inch TV or whatever at a, at a football yeah, party yeah. with, you know, you go to the bathroom easily, uh, yeah. get your drinks for free. Right, you know, right. I mean, the food right there. I mean, it's just not even questionable. a question. You know, you play your, your square game with the with all your, your you know, your, your friends you're with. And, and, yeah, I mean, that's just an event in itself. So I'm, I'll probably end up just probably enjoying that even more. Regardless of the twelve grand it would cost me and my wife to go, you know, yeah, twelve grand to just go and be miserable and sit and trap. The traffic is horrible, and just the whole thing. Oh, this no, area too. Let me tell you, this could be truly an abomination. I think they, they're not even going to allow tailgating, which is another interesting thing. I don't know what that, why they're doing that, but yeah, that that'll just be. You got to leave eight hours before the it's game, just, and getting out of there will take five hours, and so I probably will just going to sit it out. Yeah, no, I, I seriously like. I'd rather do a tour in some horrible war-torn area, you know, than, than go there. I just can't. I wouldn't. I can't do it. Um, so uh, let me just give you an update on my neighbor. So I mean, the fence situation. So we're, we're going to get bamboo, and I was talking about on the XM show. We're going to get a, like a bamboo wall. We're going to we're going to buy. We built. We got our handyman. It's really expensive. The wood was like a thousand bucks, and we had to pay him an extra five fifty to do the work to build these like giant planters. We're going to build six of them. They're four and a half feet long each. Um, we might end up, we're going to try to do fewer because we just found out that the plants are 350 bucks each, two to a planter. So 12 plants at 350 bucks each, you know, you're talking for $4,200 and then the wood was 1100, the labor was 500. And then we still got to get all the soil. That's a few hundred bucks. We got to get those, the, the trees delivered from someplace. That's another like, I don't know, $500. Then you got to get them planted and that's probably 500 to a thousand dollars. Cause it's a gigantic thing. You can't just, it's hard to do it yourself. So the whole thing's like seventy five hundred bucks, uh, because that douchebag cut down our trees uh, that we agreed to, thinking that he was going to re- replant um, bushes to replace them. <laughs> it's like really infuriating how much money it's going to be. It's going to be nicer, I think, and we're getting the kind of bamboo that doesn't. I, I was talking about this on the XM show, and this guy who's in like you know the nursery business was telling me like, "Be careful, bamboo. You'll regret it. It'll get in your pipes. It'll go, it, it just like proliferates everywhere." But apparently the clumping kind does not. So we're buying this clumping bamboo, going to get this resolved, going to get privacy back in our yard. Nice. Yeah, I know it's been a headache for you. So Yeah, but I mean it's expensive, you know. But I mean it's like going to the Super Bowl. 
Right. Do you ever run into your neighbor? Like, do you ever come across him or, well, or no? I mean, I see him all the time before, but he moved to Canada, so he's just got tenants now. He's oh, that's remote. why. You're, okay, gotcha. Right. Right. That's the only reason he's still alive. Is Lucky him. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's one of these things where, in the end, I'm not going to have I'm not going to have a beef with him because it's over. But I just know that that dude tried to save a couple hundred bucks a year, and it cost me like end up costing me six grand. You know, like because of his. Just absolute lack of consideration or, you know, and my own stupidity, my own trust of him. Like, oh, okay, he's just going to replace them with bushes, not four-foot bushes. Now, I bet he's not even going to do it now that we're building the wall. He's probably going to save that money too. But there's just people like that, man. It's got to avoid them at all costs. So, I don't know. I'm just, like, annoyed. You know, this whole political stuff is annoying me. I'm just trying to – I just, you know, I just just don't understand. I don't understand why – here's what I – I had a thought today that – Basically, like the establishment Democratic Party is basically like an extortionist. And they just, they're saying to you, they're saying, look, I know these guys on Wall Street are stealing from the taxpayer. I know that these health insurance companies are stealing, that, that we're paying more for drugs and all this stuff, and our health care costs are double. I know that it's horrible. I know that you hate figuring out your deductible and your max out of pocket and your copay and paying tons of money every month and still being like, oh, should I go to the doctor? I don't know. It might cost me like three grand. I'm not sure I should do it. And then you drop dead because you didn't go. Or you just go and then you waste all this money because you didn't need to and you don't even know and you never know whether you should go or not. Everyone hates that and we know you hate that. But look, man, if you don't elect us, it's going to get even worse, right? That's basically – it's just extortion. It's like we're, you need to pay protection money to us. Otherwise, the really bad guys are going to take over. That's their pitch. That's like, well, we're practical. No, you're not practical. <laughs> you're, just, you're just perpetuating a system that everybody hates. And I was talking about this on the radio show, on the XM show. It's like – Nobody liked the college bowl. Did you like the, the way they predict they picked uh, who was in the national championship game five years ago? No. Nobody liked it. Did, did anybody you know like the fact that they just selected the two teams and they didn't, compl- they didn't compete for it? Of course not. Right. But even though everybody hated it, it was just that way, right? Right. And it took a long time for that to not be the case, right? Correct. But it's just weird that, like, we have this outcome, this healthcare thing that everybody hates this shit. Do you like it? Do you like dealing with that? No, not, not particularly. I mean, do you like figuring out, like, how much everything costs and what your copay is? And all? I mean, everybody hates that shit. And, and, and it costs double, and we have, like, the 37th best outcomes in the world. <laughs> right, and, like, right. Everybody hates that shit. But no, 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 it's politically impossible. Don't even try. You know, this guy telling you he's going to be single payer, he's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. So we're just supposed to be like, okay, it's, we're all going to settle for this horrible status quo because if we don't and vote for you, then the horrible, mean people are going to take over. Really? I mean, to me, it's just like, you know what? If the enemy takes over and they want to go you know, do whatever you say they're going to do, then there'll be resistance. But the worst is when your enemy is like posing as your friend. So I just feel like, you know what? I'm just not going to go for that, man. I'm just, I'm, it's just, just no, no. Like, I just don't deal with shit that is just bad. Like, if you know something's bad and everybody hates it, it's not like, well, you don't like it, but your friend really likes it. It's just everybody hates it. Why do people just, like, settle for that? Yeah, no, it's a good question. And I, I don't really see it ending anytime soon, unfortunately. No, it'll end when everybody just gets up and says, fuck this. I'm done with it. Right? You, if everybody who hates this shit, which is basically everybody just said, you know what? Fuck you. I'm not paying my premiums and I'm not paying for any bills that I get. Everybody just did that. What would happen? Well, then there probably would be some change. Well, what would happen if nobody paid their, their medical bills or their premiums? 
Um, if, I if, know exactly so, what would happen, but go ahead. I'll okay, what? They would have to. They would have to to change how they the system works. They would just pay for it, right? They would just the government would pay for it, and we'd have single payer. That's the end of the end. And they would raise a little bit of taxes to pay for that shit, right? If everyone was just like, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like ultimately everybody has the power to just end the shit right now, right? You want to try it, me and you? Well, if you and me will get bankrupted, they'll go after our credit, all that stuff. I'm saying, but if just people at a certain point are just like, fuck this, you know, like I'm done, I'm done with this shit. No, the answer is no, right? I understand yeah. things cost money, so I'll pay. What, what happens when you like, okay, so like, let's say you're going to go shop for something that you don't know how much it costs, right? You're going to shop for new carpet after you, you know, fucked up your rug with the flood. You find out like what the going rate is and you pay basically the going rate, right? But if someone offers you the first rate and it's double, you're like, fuck that. I'm not going to pay double what the rate is, right? Right. We're just sitting here paying double the rate. We pay double. And everyone's just like, ah, nothing we can do about it. Right? It's just fuck that. I'm not I'm done. I'm done with that. So, you know, I, I'm serious. Like it's just enough is enough. And if people just said that, it would just be over. So what are you gonna do? Go off well, the grid? I'm obviously no, I'm obviously gonna, <laughs> you know I'm obviously gonna uh, vote for Bernie, you know, because he's gonna do at least make the effort and the only way he's ever gonna get elected is if everybody is pissed and says, Yeah, we don't want these douchebags who are like, Hey, you know, we're protecting you from the bad Republicans. Right. And so if people, you know, and, and my friend, and most of my friends are on board, but some of them are like, no, it's too dangerous. And it's like, don't be a pussy, man. You know, just vote for what you want. Vote your conscience. You know, I vote agree. your conscience. Voting is only one thing. You vote for the person whose policies you agree with, period. That's it. End of story. I can't believe there's a counter to that. The counter is no, you don't vote for who you want. You got to vote for the person who is going to do the most good. And the person who's going to do the most good is the person who knows the corrupt system and can negotiate and, and, and compromise and do all this stuff. That's, that's the counter argument. But the thing is like, no, that's bullshit. They're not, they're not like a, a, a more practical version of Bernie, you know, going to get stuff done. They're like taking tons of money from the enemy, which is like the health insurance industry. And of course they're not going to get anything done. They're taking the money. You know, it's like, of course, there's nothing that can be done when everybody's taking the money. So anyway, I'm not saying he'll win. And I'm saying if he wins, I don't know how to the extent in which he'll succeed. But I'm, I'm done, man. I'm just done. You know, if he doesn't win, fine. I'm staying home. That's it. Let, <laughs> let, let the chips fall. Let those animals kill each other. It's not my problem. I hear you. Anyway, so that's just what I was thinking today. You got anything else? No, not, not particularly. Just uh, a, a really poor gambling season for, for both of us. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to try to – maybe I might go double down on the Panthers to really, to really lose some money if, if I, that, that goes south for me. Are you going to like make a $1,600 bet now? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Like I said, I'm going to be in Reno Friday. So Let me, I'll just say one thing. You know, like action is great, right? You always want action. But you should never – I don't think you should make a bet, a big bet. Getting action is fine, but I don't think you should make a big bet unless you feel like something strong about it. Like I, I felt really good about Seattle Denver two years ago, and I got totally lucky on the pass last year. I mean, I won, but I I didn't win that much because I I didn't really have a strong feeling. Um, I I don't think you make a big bet unless you feel strong. You know, I think you'll come out net way ahead in your life if you only make the bets where you you have that like really strong feeling. And I mean, the right. Patriots, you did that and you were wrong, but I kind of feel like the way the game played out. It wasn't that wrong. It wasn't nearly as wrong as, say, me betting on Arizona. So you're saying don't do it just because it's the Super Bowl and I want action. Yeah. I mean, just bet 300 bucks. That's what I had last year, and I won. I got lucky. 
You yeah. know, but like that, I wouldn't bet more than that in, unless you really feel Carolina's going to crush, unless you feel good about it. Yeah, I, I feel only mildly good. I, I definitely felt stronger against the, the Patriots. But then again, there's no correlation there to, to winning, I guess, either. So we'll you see. Know, I think so. I think there really is. Okay. All right. I think, I think you got to pick your spots. You're not going to be always right, but I think you're going to over time do well when you have a strong, when you really, when you truly believe sure. that, that it's going to happen. Otherwise, yeah. why even do it? If, if there's no correlation, like, why not right. just flip a coin? I don't, I don't see why you get invested. Well, sometimes in I feel like that is what's happening. Right. So I'm just flipping a coin with these with this with the stuff that, that determines the outcomes of this. Right. I mean, there's the, there's the idea that like, OK, here's what I think about the teams in the game. But then I also know that what I think has been wrong all year. So why do I believe that? Right. But but I, but I think that that's true if you're just making up a bunch of stuff. But sometimes you have a strong I don't know. I trust my instincts if it's if it's strong, if it's like something that, you know. Seems. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about the Panthers, but I'm right. curious who who you end ah, up. Whatever, just go all in, just double down. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. Don't don't listen to me. All right, done. All right, shit. All right, we'll revisit. I don't know if we'll maybe we'll do one. I, I would talk baseball on this podcast, man. I'm up for baseball. Oh I, yeah, I'm down. I'm a. You're gonna be in labor this year. Yeah, I'm in labor. I'm actually gonna be drafting uh, for Brandon's team as well, so I'll be against you in, in an AL. Oh, that's okay. That's one one person drawing dead. This sounds like hell, though. I mean, it's enough homework to do NL only. I mean, I'm going to have to uh, do both. I mean, I'm going to know the baseball. I'm, I'm going to be – I need to be in some crazy deep mixed leagues to, to take use of this time-consuming – because you have to do the work. I mean, on those reserve rounds, I mean, you have to know you have to know players, you know, backup third-string shortstops on the Mariners. I mean, it's – yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead heads, heads with you for the first time in labor. All right. Well, good luck. Um, and then uh, I, I did – I used to do AL labor and NL tout – and I, and I found it was too much. Like I started to lose interest at the end of the year. <laughs> if I was like in fifth or eighth place or whatever, because I did really badly in NL tout, but, and I just moved to AL tout because I wanted to just have AL. I felt like I could just know that pool at the time. There were, you know, fewer teams and right. uh, it was, it was just a better deal. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to know the 30 teams that deep, but the, the truth is in labor, there's not much you can do anyway. It's at least like once, once the draft is done, I mean, you know, the, the waiver wire is so thin. It's like, there's not much to do. Yeah. I've just been lately. I've just been trying to save up money for the, for the trading deadline. Cause that's when you can really make a, a move. If a guy comes into the other league, you know? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in being very aggressive early, even in labor. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, in tout, I, I won the league because I got like, even guys like Mark Canha, I got early and then I got oh. Carlos Correa, although I bid all my money and nobody bid. So it's victory. So you get the, next. Yeah. so I got him for a buck. It was just wow. I don't know what I don't know what they wow. were thinking. It was uh, Lowry had just gotten hurt, and Correa was maybe getting called up to AAA at the time, or like on his way to AAA. And I was like, uh, "What? What do you mean? Who else am I going to save it for? This is, you know, the, one of the best prospects in the last five years. He'll be like a top, he's going to be like a top five pick. Oh, in, he's going to go for thirty six bucks, thirty eight yeah. bucks. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that was, uh, no, normally I'm aggressive in, in most other fantasy sports, but I'm just pointing out that in that in that. You know this weird quirk where a, a star can get traded across leagues, and that's worth you know a hundred fab big time. You know. Yeah, but you only get him for two months. True. True. You know, and if you if you if you hit on a player like even like Canna, who was like not that bad, he was like I, I, he had double digit homers, a few steals. He was in the lineup most of the time. I mean, I had that guy for like five five and a half months, and that was yeah. for like seven bucks. And I had a bunch of those guys. I got Sean Tollison. I got a bunch of guys. You know that I, that I had for a, most of the season, and then the guys who actually went over: Carlos Gomez, Tulowitzki, uh, who else? Um, Johnny Cueto. They were all busts. They were terrible. So yeah, yeah, they were. I 
I'm down to talk some baseball for sure. It's crazy. My my team, I, I think it is crazy, but uh, are co-favorites, according to Vegas, to, to win the World Series. Yeah. The Giants. Because they got Cueto, Bumgarner, Cueto. Samarja. They get, oh, Samarja, right. Did they get Leak? I can't remember. No, he, he left. Uh, see, I'm not even up on baseball. So, um, oh, yeah, he got traded there, and then he left. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's a good start. And then, uh, you know, with Posey and those guys coming back. What do you think about Brandon Belt? That guy always gets hurt. He's always doing well. I take him. I'm pretty aggressive on him. I feel good about the pick, and then he gets hurt. This is every single year. Yeah, it's really weird with him. He got hit in the face with a baseball in, like, infield practice, and, and, and concussion symptoms completely return out of nowhere. Even during this offseason, he was, like, a couple months before they subsided. So I love the player, especially if he were, didn't have to, you know, play in the park that's death to, to power for left-handers, by far the, the worst in, in baseball. That would really help his fantasy value. But he can even swipe 10 to 15 bags. Uh, he, he's a good player, but um, I hear you about the injuries. Very frustrating. Yeah. And – He's going to sit a little bit, too, because the more and more deeper into the career of Posey, he's, he's, he's playing first base quite a bit. So now, now Belt has played some left field, but that's another issue as well. He, he might not play as much as your, your everyday first baseman. Right, right. And I was thinking the other guy I like is uh, Matt Duffy. I had him in the staff keeper league, and that guy's good. And that guy hit 300 in the minors. I like him. He's, like, he's kind of like what Matt Carpenter was before Matt Carpenter started hitting home runs. He's really good. I, he came out of nowhere and was not one of our top-ranked uh, prospects, but um, he, he's he's really good. And it's funny that, that Pablo Sandoval left and signed so much for so much money. And I think he had the worst WAR in all Major League Baseball last year for the uh, the Red Sox. And um, you know, continues to be out of shape. And uh, Duffy way cheaper and way better. Yeah, here's the thing I don't understand about like fat athletes is like if you're like selling insurance or something and you're fat. Or you have a fantasy sports show and you're fat, like okay, like it's probably not optimal. You probably should get some exercise, but maybe you're busy. You know, you got a family. You know, I've seen you in person, man. I understand how it is for you, but yeah. you know, if you're a professional athlete and you got so much money, and you can get like a chef to cook you whatever the hell you want, or you can get whatever food you want delivered, you know, healthy food, however you want to do, it. you can get someone to shop for you and set it up for you. I mean, and your job is basically to perform physically I mean, how, how is it possible that you're out of shape like isn't that a really bad i mean doesn't that it's like why can't you just get in shape like what's the issue i'm six foot one 175 pounds by the way but um yeah i, I am not claiming to be right. in shape though that that's that's for damn sure i'm not claiming yeah. that but um yeah it's, it is your profession it's, it is literally your job to stay in shape and it's uh it's pretty crazy pablo's not an old guy either i mean obviously his metabolism is slow but but I, I'm with you. It's 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 frustrating. Do, do you remember that uh, Sean Kemp? Uh, somebody said Sean Kemp uh, of the Sonics was um, he was playing basketball professionally, doing cocaine all the time, having sex every single night, and somehow he was obese. <laughs> yeah, that's how good. is that possible? I don't understand. You know, that's how do you how do you gain weight? I mean, what what must you be eating to to gain weight in that under the circumstances? Yeah, that is impressive, actually. Yeah. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. I think it's a good thought to, to leave it on. And I, I'm up for talking baseball. We can do it next week. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing, nothing's going to happen between now and then. So, all right, man, take it easy. All right, later, Liz.